This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. This program is sponsored by New Zealand Bridge, sponsors of Grassroots Bridge across the nation. Welcome to the Bridge Zone, you're at the table with Barry and Mariana. We've got some results coming your way and Kermit brings us a great tip this week. Judge Julie's going to visit us a little bit later in the show, but for now we are going to have a conversation about the South Island teams. The South Island teams, well Mariana, I think Michael Weir is, uh, he's on fire since that time that you put the graph out of the the teams. He's won again. What was the name? Well, it was the Brown team. The Brown team. Oh, he took a big punt, didn't he? He did. So the Brown team, Michael Weir, Matthew Brown, Peter Newell and Martin Reed, and they won by 12 VPs from the Westerby team. Jonathan Westerby, Malcolm Mayer, bridesmaid for the third <laughs> time. do that. You're putting the commentator's curse on him. Tom Jacob and Brian Mace. Third was Schumacher team, which included David Skipper, Johnny Davidson and Leon Mayer. Oh, that was a young chap that it, I billeted that Congress. He was the guy that you took to the bus station at four in the morning. Four, That's four in the morning, yep. <laughs> Good effort by him. Well done, Leon. Yep, that was the South Island teams. We were up at the Bell Taylor, yeah, and so the winners were Steve Bowie and William Liu, and they also won the Bruce Bell Trophy. And the Eileen Taylor Silver was won by Kinga Hashmasi and Candice Smith. Smith. Yeah. So they took out the Eileen Taylor, so well done to those pairs. Let's go back to Mike Weir. I've been doing a little research on this, Mike. And yes, I'd like to offer my congratulations for two teams event entries and coming out with two teams event wins. The first one was at the Tauranga Anniversary Congress, second one being the South Island team. But I have something to say, Barry. What is it this time? Because Michael, he actually mentioned you in his victory speech at Tauranga. He says, please tell Mariana <laughs> that the Weir team has won. Really? Well, I can tell you, Mr. Weir and listeners, that when you won the event under the Brown team, you won by 12 VPs. When you won under the Weir team, you actually won by 14 VPs. So you do particularly well when it's under the Weir team. So still having a little bit of a nudge against that, Mike. Come on. Not to show any favouritism towards the team name, but... You do better when it's named after yourself, Mike, so I might have to change my graph details and see when it's named not where, see what the percentages are and let you all know. So I don't know what's coming up next. Perhaps he's playing at the New Plymouth Congress. think they're a little bit nervous down there at New Plymouth with COVID doing what it does at the moment. I was speaking to Russell Wilson. They're really happy with a number of entries. Nice. I think they're looking at something like 50 tables. Wow. Uh, across the three events, yep. which they're pretty happy with. Obviously, they'll be getting the jitters a bit, so let's hope that this COVID Everything thing goes uh, well, yeah. ends this week and they can go. Well, it's affecting us because we've got um, myself and Jess and Bob Daly and Graham Hope from Hamilton. We were heading, well, we are heading to the 
Wedawa restricted pairs this Saturday. We are going to be waiting on Thursday to see whether or not. Needless to say, we were going to pay our entry fees this week, but we're just holding back a little bit, so I don't know. And lots of people looking forward to going down to New Plymouth for the uh, inaugural big yeah, congress down there. That would be... It would be tragic if that couldn't go ahead, but mm. I'm not saying it won't. He's hoping it will. Yeah. Hey, I've got a question. I want to talk about new partnerships and way to improve even existing partnerships. You got any tips on how you can keep improving your play? Last week, Pam was talking about number of mistakes, and we were thinking maybe we should try and keep a number of how many mistakes you make. Not choices, just mistakes. So that's an interesting topic, isn't it? Because we, I think the better that you get, and we were talking to Pam about this off air, the better you get, the better you are at spotting the mistakes you've made. Sometimes when you're so experienced, you can go through life oblivious that, yeah, you could have made that four spades, you could have made that three no trumps, although I guess the deep finesse has <laughs> made a bit of a change to that. It's still the same thing applies that you are not as aware of your mistakes yeah. when you're kicking off as yeah. you are when you're a bit more experienced. Hmm. So one of the downsides of getting better is you also get better at picking up on your own mistakes. Yeah, yeah. And I guess you can always discuss the hands. You don't need to discuss every hand, but some of the ones that you might have had a little bit of a problem on, that's a good idea to do that. So I've got a couple of things that I can suggest. One is that as far as play of the hands go, you can work on that yourself. You can read books you mm. can play on Bridge Baron. You can do all sorts of things. You can go into BBO What's and play. Bridge Baron. Bridge Baron's a bridge program that gives you hands oh, to I play. See. You know, yep. and you can, and it'll tell you what you should have played or how you could have played. You know, how to play hands. That's mm-hmm. there's a number of programs. That's not the only one. So you can play against the computer and improve your declarer play that way. Yep. Or you can, as I say, read books. Or you can just look at hand records from sessions you've had and work out how you could have played things. You don't need your partner to be involved in that. Bidding, you do need your partner involved. And once again, BBO is quite a good source for that. You can go in and just open up a bidding table and just bid hand after hand after hand, try to get to the right place. Yep. Um, that really is quite a good tool for that sort of thing. So that will help you with your bidding. Defending gets a bit trickier, of course. But hey, that's a start. If you got all your bidding and all your declarer play right, You'd score pretty well, don't you think? Yeah, you would, you would. Hmm. We've had some entries in for the competition. We have. We've got a number of entries for the... uh, So remember what you have to do, folks, to qualify for the Mental Edge, Gaining Mental Edge at Bridge, the book that we've got from Kim Fraser, signed copy. Um, We'll be giving it out next week. We've got a number of people put that in, so we need you to name... Keep going. ...the player that... Kim Fraser mentioned that was a very fast, fast player. declarer. Do that. Text it in, 027 and if you get the right name, you'll go into the draw to win that book. Yes, very exciting. And also we've had some submissions for our emails, so we're probably going to wrap that up next week as well. So we'll have two disclosures to make next week. The winner of Gaining the Mental Edge at Bridge by Kim Fraser Book and also what our new email's going to be. Whoop, whoop. You're going to have a prize for that person, Mariana? Chocolate fish? Chocolate fish. Or it might melt in this weather. <laughs> yeah, we've got that pack of cards from viewers that you brought back from China. I've got a question for you, Mariana. Yep. What's a chicane, and have you had one in the last week? A chicane? 
a chicane's the wiggly bit on a racetrack that slows you down when you're going too fast. It's a slow ride down. I believe down south they've got one called the bus stop. It's something else, too. Really? It's what? something in Bridge. And I hadn't and heard of it. And have I heard one in the last week? Yeah. God, if you don't know what it is, of course, my answer is no, Barry. What is it? Well, you, Come could, on. you could have had one and not oh. realised it. Right. What is it? A chicane, apparently, and this was on Facebook, and I was talking to some bridge players from Hamilton, and they'd all heard about it, so oh. it's getting there. So you ready? A chicane is when you have a void in trumps. Right. I've got to say, I'd never heard of it. <laughs> so, so there you go, a chicane. So you meant to slow down in that, I guess. <laughs> I don't you just know. Race straight through. I don't know, but I think it's a good thing. I mean, you'll sound pretty, pretty clever if somebody, if you say, "Look, I had a chicane." Yeah, true. Yeah. Hey, and what I can tell you too, I've had a little bit of intel on one of our emails. The stiff king, yeah, is probably not going to make it. So if you are thinking about voting for that, don't do that. <laughs> one of our IT geniuses said that if we have something like that name, it would probably get either bumped from if they had some sort of, I don't know what they call it, IT block or something like that or it might go directly into junk because it's a little bit risque so try not to vote for that mind you i did quite like that one but yeah we want more emails not less let's head off to judge julie director please how can i help judge julie presiding good morning judge julie this week's question is about claims i guess the questions are when should you claim why should you claim and how should you claim at the bridge table Excellent choice of question. So when should you claim? In general, you should claim when you know you've got the rest of the trick or whatever it is if it's quite simple. There is a thing in the law about prolonging play unnecessarily. It doesn't actually mean that you should always claim because you want to be certain that you're doing it right. Why should you claim? If you know what you're going to do and you're going to make the rest of the tricks, then it gets to play over. It allows you more time for the next hand. If we claim and we move on to the next hand, if the next hand's difficult, we've given ourselves more time to be able to concentrate on that board and play it better and get things done. In general, claiming is a good thing and how you do it is probably the crux of the matter. When you claim you give a line of play, a statement of what you're going to do or what you expect to do. When you first start claiming, I strongly recommend that everything is high, that you're going to say, dummy's got the rest of the tricks when you are in dummy, or my hand is good and I've got the rest of the tricks, so that it's really, really clear and very, very simple. If you are claiming where it involves having to go from this hand to that hand, back to this hand and trumping things and all sorts of stuff like that, your opponents are going to be that confused, they're just not going to be happy and they'll probably end up calling the director. Ideally, start off by really simple claims where everything is good. The next step probably is claims where there's a couple of things that are required, but nothing too complicated. Very complex hands, generally I wouldn't claim, because it's easier to actually play it out rather than try to explain it. And some of us aren't very good when it comes to claims, and I'm actually not a great person trying to figure out what's going on, so I can sympathise with those people that find it difficult when someone does claim. Okay, but there are some people I know that say, oh, I, didn't want, I know I had all the rest of the tricks, but I, I thought I'd just torture the opponents a bit by playing it out. 
Is that not... Yeah, well, that's why the law book has about prolonging play unnecessarily. You're not meant to have a tactic that you play things to make so your opponents make a mistake. I mean, if you've got all the rest of the tricks, stating you've got all the rest of the tricks, and there's no point in playing out for that either. Mm. All right, so it, it, it's, you're wasting their time. More importantly, you're wasting your own very valuable time for the next hand that could be really difficult that mm. you really might want to think mm. about in the bidding or in the play. So it's to your advantage a lot of the time to actually get those hands out of the way and move on to the next one. Mm. Cool. So you're saying that perhaps our time is more valuable than the opponent's time. I mean, I'm quite a fast player, but I still think that if I have a very simple hand where everything is, you know, working, I can just say making the rest or whatever, then I think that gives me plenty of time the next hand to actually concentrate and work out what I'm going to do. The new laws say that the opponents have the right to ask you to play out the hand when a claim is made and that's new in the 2017 laws and it wasn't something that was there previously but everyone at the table has to agree to play it out and if you do agree to play out a hand that has been claimed then all the information about the hand is authorised so if you object to a claim because you've got an outstanding trump and then you tell your opponent to play it out, they're allowed to know you've got the outstanding trump. So it is not in your interest ever to actually allow a hand that has been claimed to be played out. It is in your interest to call the director. The director has to make a ruling where all debatable points are resolved in favour of the people that haven't claimed. All right. So the director's got to look at it through sort of rose-coloured glasses for the people defending in most cases, so that all points that aren't clear will be resolved in favour of the other side. That doesn't mean that obvious points have to be changed to the other side, okay? But it does mean that there are things that you can go through. So strongly recommend that if someone claims that you don't agree ever to play it out. Okay. Hey, I've got a question. What about when you're playing? So I've got a Example. So we were playing on Saturday and my partner was declarer and my right hand opponent said, is there any point why we're continuing to play this? Like she'd given up. I had no idea what Jessica, you know, had planned. What do you, what are you meant to do? Like we did get a response and just did say something and the lady was da 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 da. My normal one is whenever I have problems with my opponents is to sort of make it my own fault in some ways. But there are days when you're feeling really stupid and you've just lost track and you can't remember whether there's a trump missing or whether your hand's high or maybe this king of cups, the ace of cups went early, all those sorts of things. So you are going to play it out because if you claim, you could end up with having a big problem. So you play it out. Some of the time while we're playing this, then maybe their partners might have some cards that are good that they didn't know about and so there's some unauthorised information there as well. Yeah, so, so you'd be that's pretty a careful about call. what you say and if someone is wanting to know they can always concede themselves. They don't have to sit there and play it out. They can say you make the rest or we'll take this one trick that da 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 and then if you're defending then if there's a problem the director again will be at the table yeah. trying to sort okay. things out. Brilliant. So that's called a defensive claim. Most commonly, it's a, the defenders are normally conceding, sitting there thinking, I think they've got the rest of the tricks. 
maybe my partner's got something that I don't know about that might be important. So I'm a bit too scared to say anything. But I am sitting there thinking, why are we, you know, why is this being played out? What's the point? So it takes more certainty when you're defending to be able to confidently say, this is what's going to happen. Some people can. Some of us can't, so it's just what it is. One of my favourite claims, and I'm going to name him, it was Blair Fisher, who was playing in six spades in a 3-2 fit, as you do, and he was doubled. And then he just threw all his cards on the table and said, take what you want. Now, I said that the other day. So is that that kosher? Well, I play with a partner when I was practicing relay many many years ago this happened not so much recently thank goodness we have got the hand completely wrong and you end up playing in equally a, a really strange place and he just generally puts his hand away and says that you're making the rest a bottom board is a bottom board <laughs> I mean in teams you're going to play it out because it makes differences in imps as to every trick you get with the scoring but in pairs if you're getting zero it doesn't matter it's just the bottom board well, okay, you have to pull you. your head yep. in sometimes because I did that the other week and if I had stopped being hissy-fitty with myself and I would have just shut up and played it instead of like, here you go, take the rest. <laughs> I would have got a top board instead of a bottom board and Barry made that very clear to me. I would, If I'd shut up and just played in five no-making, I would have got a top board instead of I, I took a hissy-fit and I slammed my cards down on the run. I was like, just take the rest. Yeah. You want to be very careful, but I must admit that when you're playing a 3-1 fit or a 3-2 fit at the 5 or 6 level, you generally know that you're on a hiding to nothing. <laughs> Mariana was in a much better place than that. And by the way, I was not at the table at the time. i just point that out. <laughs> okay, thank you, Julie. We will see you okay. again next week. Thank you. See you later. Bye. And while we're at it, let's go off to our other member of the Bridge Zone at the Pond. Phenomena. It's Kermit's Bridge Tips with Pam Livingston. Good morning, Kermit. First of all, congratulations and well done on a great effort in the South Island teams on the weekend. And after all of that, what sort of tip have you got for us this week? My tip this week is declarer. Make it hard for the defenders. The other week we were talking in very simplistic terms about the play of the hand. So all everyone is trying to do, they can see half the pack and they're trying to work out how the rest of the cards are distributed between the other two hands. So defenders are gathering their information. They're using signals with each other to tell each other about the hand, either attitude or count or suit preference, and they're they're working together. Clara is on their own. So what they should be trying to do is make it as hard as possible for the defenders. One way is disguising your values. And here's a simple example. Say Declarer opened one no trump and ends up playing in two spades. Get a small diamond lead, three small diamonds and dummies, so it goes small, small, and right-hand opponent plays the queen of diamonds. Declarer is holding the ace and king. Always play the ace, because if you play the king, both defenders now know that the clearer holds the ace because the opening leader is highly unlikely to be have underled the ace and the other defender would play the ace if they had it. So if they had ace queen they wouldn't play the queen. So now everyone knows that you hold the ace and the king 
and that's seven of your points. So if you're an echo opener and you've opened 12 to 14, there's seven of your 12 to 14 points that have just been exposed to the defenders. So you're trying to hide your values. And another little way you can do that is false carding. So you're playing to a trick and it doesn't matter which card that you play from hand. So you might have like two, three, seven, queen. Don't make it easy for the defenders and just play the two. If it doesn't matter, play a higher card and that muddies the water for them. Let's be as tricky as we can and hide our values from the defenders. Good that's information. All, that's good information, as long as you haven't got one of those partners who, when they're dummy, like to know exactly what's going on. I've heard of people that they've got a still signal count so the dummy knows what's going on. <laughs> but that's not, that's not going to help your score. <laughs> no. So, Clara, you're on your own, and the defenders are working together. So try and make it hard for them. It's a good tip, Pam. So when you're a declarer, you can play whatever hell card you like because partner doesn't care. When you're defending, you don't have that luxury. And we know partner doesn't care because when they're dummy, they're taking a break. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. They're having a sleep. <laughs> yeah. A power nap. That's good information that you can take to the bank, try it at the club this week, and see how you go. By the way, Mariana, how did you get on with last week's tip about not making any mistakes? Oh, I forgot it. It's as if I didn't even listen to the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, terrible. Yeah, well. I'm, I did recover, though. I, I did recover. I made a few. Jeez, if you counted all your errors, I think it would probably put you into the, the Henry Bennett Centre. Maybe we should do yeah, that and yeah. come back to Pam with a number. <laughs> <laughs> the number might be embarrassingly high, Mariana. Well, that's all right. People could let us know what their numbers are, Pam, and then we could see whether or not it actually is worthwhile looking at. Yeah, but this is very interesting though, Mariana, because Mm. I don't know about the rest of you, the better that I get, the more I've learnt, the more I spot my mistakes. So you could be completely oblivious to the mistakes that you're making, but you just try and cut down unnecessary mistakes, like forgetting system and doing things rash. Yeah, that kind of thing. Actually, that's a very good point you just made there, Pam. I can well remember having this discussion with a lady at the bridge club once about how you'll never ever go to bridge and not make any mistakes, was what I said. You'll never play a session at bridge with that. And she said, oh, I quite often don't make any mistakes. And I said, oh, okay, really? I says, do you take the hand records home and have a look? Oh, yeah, I take the hand records home and make no mistakes. Wow! Well, well, this lady well, is. And who is this world champion? Oh, <laughs> unfortunately, you won't know her name, and I'm certainly not going to broadcast it. But it was, it was a revelation to me that there are people out there that probably have made untold mistakes. They're totally unaware of them, Pam. So maybe next week's yeah, tip, yeah. or one other tip in the future, could be: How do you spot your own mistakes? I don't know. That, that might be a tough call. But anyway, thank you very much yes, for this week's tip. You. We'll give it a go at the club. And congratulations again on great effort in the South Island teams. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, was, well you done. You know, Christchurch did such a great job organising the team, and well, amazing, 48 teams. Cool. <laughs> yeah. They were pretty good teams too, by the way. It was a great event. Thank you, Pam. Catch Kermit next week for another tip. See you. Phenomena. Okay, Mariana, I have a question for you. What's that, Barry? What's your job at the bridge table. 
What do you mean? I'm going to tell you what your job is at the bridge table. Your job is not to worry and complain and whinge and moan about all the lousy cards you get. <laughs> your job is to play the hell out of the cards that you do get. <laughs> really? Yeah, I read that somewhere and I thought, I must tell Mariana that. No use complaining about those bad cards. Make the most of the ones you got. <laughs> I guess that could be for everybody, Barry. It could be for everybody. Maybe it isn't just Mariana Callan. <laughs> it is getting a bit tedious hitting some 40s and then having a, a really good improvement score. And so well, how do you get quite interesting because the bloke who was commenting on your run of 40s yep. has just had a 42 followed by a 43. Oh, Dominic. <laughs> so you better watch out. <laughs> What you say when you notice somebody's getting a run of bad scores, just be careful. You could be next. <laughs> what is the secret, Mr. Jones? I think Kermit's told you. Get rid of those mistakes. And it's not the tough ones, it's just get rid of those silly mistakes that you probably know you shouldn't be making. Actually, I actually prefer the, the thought of always being dummy and having a wee rest. You can't be dummy all the time, Mariana. <laughs> well, I could bid that way, Barry. You, you watch. You can't sleepwalk your way to victory, you know. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. I quite like the idea, though. I could take a pillow next time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. One of those foam rubber ones where your head gets stuck in the middle. Yeah, true. We were talking earlier, uh, I received an email from what the Waikato Bridge Club to say that they had postponed their days of play and they're not looking at going back till Thursday evening session with the COVID shutdown. Their membership is, I guess, majority elderly, so they're protecting that. But Hamilton is soldiering on with good personal hygiene practices, Barry. I wonder what's happening around the rest of the country. Yeah, I think they had seven tables last night and another seven or eight tables this afternoon. Reasonable sort of numbers, it's worth having. Auckland, of course, are having no bridge at all. That's right, yes. And it's very pleasing to hear that Nigella, the president, took down boxes of face masks so people that did turn up, there was plenty of sanitizers and wipes and face masks for those, making them feel as safe as possible. That's great. So what are you doing this week, Mariana? Are you playing bridge at the club? Well, I am going to play tomorrow night, and like we said earlier, we're waiting for Auckland to get out of level three. So this is the big match on the weekend. The Oriwa Restricted is taking place. Mm. So we'll all look forward to that. Everybody will be clicking on the results to see how Mariana does. Uh, that is a funny thing, actually, because I did say to Jess that, I'm sorry, Jess, but you might get a few more stalkers when you're playing with me. <laughs> Have you got any plans for this weekend? No, not for this weekend. I'll be probably moving some sheep and fixing up some fences and all those little jobs around the place that I've been putting off. Well, don't forget I've given you that other job, is that you need to find us someone to interview while Barry and I are away on the week of the 6th to the 13th. He'll be down in New Plymouth and I'll be down south. OK, I'm putting it out there now. Who'd like to be interviewed on the bridge zone? Just text me, 27 127 and we'll put you on air. If you've got something interesting to say, entertaining to say, shocking to say, enlightening, anything, whatever you like, text me. If you're worth interviewing, let me know, and I'll put you on. What a good idea, Mr. Jones. <laughs> 
up here for thinking, down there for dancing. Yeah, I'm wondering how many we'll get. You know, I'm not expecting Fred Astaire to ring up. <laughs> that's all right. Hey, that's about all we've got time for this week, listeners. Thanks for keeping up with the Bridge Zone and for New Zealand Bridge and the updates of the COVIDs. Just pop onto their website. If it happens, watch out for the Arriba Restricted on Saturday. Catch you next week. Bye for now. More episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.